Hi friends, welcome to the Inspiring Heights podcast. I'm your host, Vanessa Kaiser, and I am so excited to be here with you today. Thank you so much for tuning in to the 12 Days of Christmas series here on Inspiring Heights. Typically, we launch podcasts every other Monday, but seeing as how Christmas is the most amazing and beautiful and wonderful time of the year, we thought there was really nothing better than having 12 days in a row where we could talk about all sorts of fun Christmas things. So we are super glad you're here. Let's get to it. Hey friends, today's 12 Days of Christmas episode is a little bit more serious than the others have been, but I am so, so grateful for this conversation with my friend Anna Quinn. Actually, that's Dr. Anna Quinn. Anna is a good, good friend of mine, and she is the owner and founder of Hope Storm. And this is Anna's expertise. Grief and trauma and healing from those things is where um, she has spent a lot of time in her career and education. And I'm so thankful that she is willing to sit down with us today and just share some of her expertise and wisdom with us as we go through this holiday season. Well, thank you so much for being here today, Anna. I am super excited for you to just share your wisdom with us. Thank you for having me. Yeah. To get started, can you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are? Yes. So my name is Anna Quinn. I'm sure you will share that. But I am the owner and founder of Hope Storm. I do healing, coaching, and trauma consulting, working kind of from a different perspective than a lot of people are used to, really looking at connecting to our bodies and nervous system regulation, and then just like the awesome world of science that is behind stress and trauma and self-care and all those sorts of things. So that's kind of me on a professional side. I have a doctoral degree in psychology. I am a certified embodiment coach. And then on the personal side, I am married to my awesome hubby and we have an almost two-year-old son and three crazy dogs and we live (laughs) out in the trees where it tends to snow more than anywhere else (laughs) and just kind of enjoy life and enjoy doing whatever it is that we feel drawn to do in a day oh I love that when you say you have a doctoral degree I was like so excited for you to get done so I could call you Dr. Quinn because (laughs) Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman is one of my favorite shows of all times and that's awesome (laughs) I love it Uh, that was my like thing all through school was I'm gonna be Dr. Quinn I'm gonna be Dr. Quinn (laughs) and it was always kind of a funny joke and now Unfortunately, the newer generations have no idea what I'm talking about. So it's not as cool of a joke as it was initially, but I always thought it was pretty neat. It's amazing. It's amazing. Oh, boy. You and I met when I was young in my career, kind of did social work together. I mean, we didn't work in the same organization, but served a lot of the same clients. Yeah, we did. Yeah, I think we've known each other for... Oh, goodness. I would imagine six, seven, eight years, probably. Yeah, it's been a long time. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. It goes really fast. Yeah, it feels like just yesterday. And they're like, oh, man, we've both both had like some career changes and life changes. And 
yeah, we both got married <laughs> and you had a kid and yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so we are doing the 12 days of Christmas here on the show. And one of the things that I thought would be really just helpful for our listeners is to talk a little bit about how to both serve people around us and to care for ourselves when Christmas, the Christmas season is painful or hurts because of trauma or sadness or death that we've experienced around this time of year, or even if it hasn't been this time of year. I mean, there's going to be, we have listeners who have lost someone they loved, and this is the first Christmas season that they're going through without them. Yeah, holidays are really hard for a lot of people. It's it's not the joyful time that everyone kind of expects and anticipates, you know, not everybody feels the same way about the holidays. Yeah. Let's start with caring for others and serving others during this season when maybe they are experiencing pain. What is that just from like a really global kind of high level perspective? How do we approach that? You know, I think, and this is probably going to sound super cliche and that's okay. Cause I'm going to run with it. But I think really the number one thing is kind of that golden rule you know, treating other people the way we want to be treated. You know, I think sometimes we get really stuck in our own to-do list and our own chores and our own running around and our own got to get this ready and got to prepare for Christmas and having, you know, people over for dinner or shopping that we kind of forget the people around us are also living and they're also there and they also have feelings. And so I think really just the thing that pops into my head, number one, is just recognizing and acknowledging that we're all human. We're all going through something. I mean, no one is immune to that. And that's the nicest thing I think we can do is just treat other people with kindness, you know, treat other people the way we want to be treated, whether it's, you know, just smiling or holding a door or going a little deeper and asking how people are or sitting with them if they're experiencing grief. You know, obviously, depending on our degree of connection and our degree of willingness. But, you know, I think just that that golden rule is a really great starting spot. Yeah, for sure. I think sometimes, too, like as humans, we're not always super willing to talk about the grief that we might be experiencing. I remember I think it was the first year after my uncle had passed away and we had spent multiple Christmases with their family for as long as I can remember. And there were so many like traditions and memories around time with their family. And that first Christmas after he passed away, I was young. Um, And Christmas is and has always been like my most favorite time of the year. And I remember during that season very much not sharing with anyone, um, but feeling like I – I can't wait for this season to be done because I miss him and and I'm sad and I'm tired of thinking about it. <laughs> and I and some of that was just that inability to process verbally because I was young, but I, I think that can happen even as adults. I think we can be afraid to express that like this season isn't everything that we want it to be because yeah. we are like the world is so caught up in it. Definitely. Yeah, I think, well, one, I'm sorry about your uncle, that it's always hard to lose people. But secondly, I think to go off of what you were saying, you know, there's kind of two points that popped up as you were talking for me. And, you know, the first one is society. 
you know, we kind of live in this society where thankfully we're improving on our mental health acceptance. Maybe that's the word that I want to use, you know, where it's a little bit more acceptable to feel sad. It's a little more acceptable to be down or blue, you know, whichever word that you want to use, but we still have a really long way to go. You know, we, we kind of get these not necessarily verbalized messages, but these messages that get sent to us that we should be okay. We should be happy. We should be in the spirit and that it's really hard to ignore how we feel when we're getting sent these messages that are opposing. And so I think, you know, kind of hand in hand with that, you know, something that I would love the world to learn is that we can be happy and grateful and also be sad and grieving at the same time. They don't have to fight each other. You know, like you can enjoy your time with your family, but also really miss your uncle that's no longer here. You know, you can grieve whatever it might be that you're grieving, but also be grateful for what you still have and what's with you and what you're able to do in that moment. And so I think, you know, just shifting the messages, even the messages that we give to ourselves, you know, that we don't have to behave a certain way. And that it's okay to be sad, even in happy moments. You know, it's okay to miss people, even though we're grateful for the people that we still have. Yeah, absolutely. I say a lot, like I'm an all or nothing kind of person, which sometimes (laughs) serves me well. And other times (laughs) it really does not. But it's, it's that concept, right, of like in sometimes in our all or nothingness, because I'm not alone in that, I don't think. It's like I either have to be sad or happy. I can't be both. And what you were saying is like it is okay and to, it is good to hold both things. And yes. God can bring healing through that. But when we are closed and not willing to feel the things that we're actually feeling um, or express mm-hmm. them, that's when it like the healing is harder in that space. Yeah, I think – one thing that people don't often realize is that if we stuff our feelings, if we put them to the side, ignore them, you know, even do really unhealthy things like try to drink them away or drug them away or whatever it might be, it doesn't make them go away. It just makes them stuck inside of us. And so by like forcing gratitude, by forcing happiness, doesn't make our pain go away. It doesn't eliminate that. I heard this really kind of cheesy, but I like it. Metaphor analogy for, you know, our feelings. And it was basically that our feelings are like weather systems. A system moves in and it's cloudy and gloomy and whatever it might be. And then it moves out. And then another system later moves in after some time of sun. And sometimes it's rainy and sometimes it's snowy. Um, And that's kind of how our emotions are, is they're up and down. And if we allow them to kind of have their natural patterns, none of those systems stay. You know, if we allow ourselves to feel sadness, that sadness will move out. And later it might move back in for a time and then it'll move out. But it's kind of, you know, allowing ourselves to feel what needs to be felt is really important because stuffing it is not going to solve anything. Yeah, I really like that because I feel like, in Ecclesiastes, it says, right, there for everything there is a season. And I think sometimes, like, we forget that because we want to arrive at this, like, season that we really love. 
where like everything is good. We're like mentally and physically healthy and like life is just working the way that it, we want it to work. But we know that that's not like those things, like those seasons come, but they aren't, it's not that season forever. Right. And I don't think we were meant to always be happy, you know, and we weren't meant to always be sad. But I know that for most people, they really, we really, I speak for myself as well, we do not like to feel pain. We do not like to feel discomfort and sadness and distress. And so we try to push it away. We try to make it not heavy, but it, it doesn't last forever. And in all reality, as far as our nervous systems go, if we allow those feelings to process through and we allow ourselves to really feel them, they actually start to improve quicker than if we just stuff them inside. Yeah, for sure. So what is maybe like one or two really simple things that we can do as we walk through this Christmas season to like just to be in tune with how our body is processing our emotions and to express them in a way that is healthy and that helps us to heal from whatever grief or trauma that we've experienced. You know, I, there's, I I wish I had just a couple. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, like my job every single day is to teach people to be in their bodies, to teach people to feel their feelings, how to regulate their nervous systems, how to love themselves how to give themselves grace, even how to have hope, you know, the name of my business is Hope Storm. And so, um, you know, like every day I do this stuff and I have hundreds of things that I help people try, you know, because not everybody's the same. And it takes sometimes trying a couple things, tweaking some things to find the, what fits best, to, to nail down a couple overarching things that might be good for the majority. Self-care would be one that I would say is so important. I'm a I'm a huge self-care nerd. I teach self-care and I promote self-care. But just for people to take a break, for people to take a look at how they're eating, how they're sleeping, are they using, you know, maybe some poor coping skills? And making some small adjustments in their life that's just going to help their mind and their body be healthier. Second would be to have a really strong, healthy community. And I don't mean that as like your whole town, but having just support people. And it could be one person. It could be a dog. It could be a cat. Somebody that you are really connected to that helps you be calmer, helps you kind of regulate Um, helps you to feel safe, helps you to feel understood and accepted, whatever that might be, someone who just sits with you. You know, one of the things that um, I think it was Peter Levine, but I might be wrong on who I'm quoting. Um, But one of the things one of the trauma researchers, one of the famous trauma researchers has talked about is that one of the most important things to healing is having an empathetic witness. And so, you know, kind of the meaning behind that is just having people who are there to support you and not judge you 
people who will just sit with you when you're sad, people who will be next to you if you want to cry or if you want to get up and go do something. And so just finding that community of persons or people um, that that are that for you. Kind of some deeper ones that pop to mind would be breath work, doing some breathing exercises. And they're pretty simple. A quick Google search will come up with all sorts of breathing exercises. But breath work is really good, not only for like mindfulness and just kind of calming our thoughts because we focus on our breath instead of our brains. But it's also really good for calming down our nervous system. So if we're feeling anxiety or panicky, breath work can be really helpful for that. A couple other things that just kind of in a moment might be really useful is if thoughts are kind of overwhelming journaling just allowing yourself to get those things out onto paper it it not only helps us process but it also helps us be mindful it brings our mind and body together and then either meditative walking basic meditation or prayer they kind of all live in the same the same little pocket but meditation is ultimately just focus And so like meditative walking would be going for a walk and you either focus on like counting your steps or you can focus on your breath or you can focus on the noises around you, the birds chirping or the leaves blowing or whatever that might be. Or, you know, doing a prayer where you say a prayer over and over or you do some sort of thing that that sits well with you. So those would kind of be some top ones that I feel would be useful to a lot of people. Thank you so much for sharing. Those are great. Those are great tips. I love this. I think this conversation is important. And I think it's one that we don't have enough, especially. I, I, I think it is true all the time. I think it is also very true during this season. Um, and so I just appreciate your your insight and wisdom as it relates to all these things. Yeah, I'm happy to share. <laughs> Before we go, we have been asking each of our guests to tell us what your favorite Christmas tradition is. I had Christmas traditions as a child with my family. And then when my husband and I got married and had our son, we started some traditions of our own. You know, I think when I was a child, probably one of my favorite things is we would go to my grandparents' house. And on Christmas Eve, we would have... It was always, it kind of adjusted throughout the years, but it was oftentimes like niffla soup and oyster stew and lasagna, like really hearty foods. And then we would go to midnight mass and, you know, they would have the candles and it was just such a beautiful time. And now as an adult, you know, we've, we've really tried to do things that are fun for toddlers. Um, (laughs) And so, you know, probably the last couple of years, my favorite things that we do are just decorating for Christmas, you know, putting up the tree and the nativity and that sort of thing. And then going to look at Christmas lights. Mm, They're just beautiful. And toddlers are in awe of lights and sparkly, shiny things. Um, And so I think (laughs) at least at this moment, if you ask me in a couple of years, it might be different. But at least in this moment, I think just the, the decorating and the being together right now is probably probably my favorite oh i love that i we love the christmas lights too it's just such a yeah such a sparkly time it is it's awesome it's beautiful (laughs) oh well thank you so much for being here and i really appreciate you 
Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Friends, thank you so much for tuning in today to the 12 Days of Christmas here on Inspiring Heights. We hope that today's episode left you feeling inspired and full of Christmas cheer. Hey, you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Inspiring Heights or on our website, inspiringheights.org. If you haven't already, we would love it if you would subscribe to the podcast and leave a comment so that people who have never listened before have a sense of what the show is about even before they hit play. Okay, friends, until next time, take a deep breath and be inspired where your feet are. Bye for now. Thank you.